Come on, y'all, come on in. We're going to get ready to have some church this morning. Anybody had church this morning already? Okay, good. Getting there, girl, what you behind? You should have had church when you woke up this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> that was a trick question. I knew I was going to get somebody. Thank you, Shelly. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. This is a great day. We're going to have an amazing time in the presence of the Lord this morning. Whoo, Jesus. I, I sent some pastors a text message this morning, and what I, what I was feeling, the Lord was speaking. Hold on, let me pull one up. That you have an amazing time in the presence of God today to allow his presence, his fire, his refreshing to blow over and through us. That's the prayer today. That is the prayer. So listen, let me do a couple things so we can move on to the important things. It's so hard to figure out what's the important things when you're doing announcements. Uh, don't forget, today is the last day to sign up for the healthy healing class that will start next Monday. Uh, we have a sign-up out there. Um, that way, today, during service, that way we can get you your books this week. Or are y'all going to hand them out Monday? Okay. And... Uh, They'll take care of that. They'll get in touch with you this week and get everything set up with you on, on how you're going to do that. But it is a nine-week class. And uh, so if you, if you want to be a part of it, I've, I've got a few men that have signed up. I'm going to get with them so we can work that out. We've got some ladies. This is going to be an amazing course. People are going to get changed. Amen? They're going to be changed. Um, we've got our memory verse down here from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, depending on your translation. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Uh, is that the right one? Am I on the wrong week? Yeah, I guess so. That's the wrong bulletin. <laughs> I was looking. I was like, why is that one blue and everybody else is green? <laughs> because I was fixing the comment about the fact that if you look at the front of it, what does it say? What's the big words? Celebrate the results. Celebrate the results. And I thought that was so amazing because uh, a bunch of us guys went to a Friday and Saturday, um, I'll call it conference, but I don't really know what to call it. Um, I'm telling you if, you, if you didn't get to go this time, you need to go to the next one. Uh, refreshing, uh, challenge, it, yeah, it was a lot of things. Um, and, and here's what was so crazy about it. They're going to do it again. And I think we need to figure out if, if, uh, how, to, how to get one for the women. Because, because man, I, I didn't bring it. We had, uh, I'll just tell you about it. We, we had the head baseball coach from UL there sharing about his life and how he was up here. And he went all the way down there and, and almost lost everything. Family, he lost his job. He couldn't get a job at a high school. From being head coach, assistant coach at A&M, winning all these national championships, and he become an addict, and nobody would hire him until Coach Robichaux did, and he said, "Son, we need to have a conversation." After 400 days, and of he went from that working in a feed mill loading trucks. He said, "I knew there was 40 40 bags per pallet," you know, <laughs> and Coach Robichaux got him, a man of God who was the head coach down there. And begin to speak into his life, and God began to change him. We had a chief of police. We had, we had a judge. We, we had uh, the head basketball coach at LSUE in Eunice. We had a business, retired businessman. We had pastors getting up there sharing the struggles, and, and, and it was all about their testimonies. 
That was it. It wasn't about great preaching. Now, there was a little bit of preaching. Come on, guys. But it was about that. And But it's, it was just amazing the things that we got to see and, and hear and, and men being challenged. And that's what we're going to continue with today. We're going to celebrate because God has set us free. Are we perfect? No. I, one person said that the one thing that he saw was all these great men of God that had all these faults and God's still using them. God was not done with them. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy, guys. But God is, is wanting to use us. He's wanting to use you in mighty ways. But we've got to get free from some things that keep holding us back that we think are holding us back. Amen. So, listen, if, you're, if you have something to give today as well, we have some other things that we're going to do uh, before we start worship, so I don't want to take up all their time either. But uh, if you have something to give today, you can give online. We, you know, you can go to newlifeag.church. You can do it there digitally. We have our, our trays in the back. You can, you can bring as well. And uh, thank you for being obedient to God. Thank you for being obedient to what the Word says. Because a lot of people are holding back right now because they say, oh, well, I, the, there's a coin shortage. I can't give to the Lord. Really? It's like there's a Dr. Pepper shortage. I sent it to somebody I know in the church who lives on Dr. Pepper, and they were like, is this a joke? No. I think it is, honestly. I go to the store and buy Dr. Pepper right now just so I can try to drink them all up. <laughs> can I tell you there's no shortage in heaven? There's no lack in heaven. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I had an opportunity this morning. Some, some people come, I won't say begging, asking for change to fill their car up to go back to Texas. And I'm, me and Wendy are like, change to fill your car up to go back to Texas? Now, where's your car? It cost me 12 bucks. But while that car was being filled up, right. where you go to church. <laughs> But you know what I found interesting? They were very quick to answer the question. And I know the community they were from. Oh, what's that about? Oh, that's over here. That's Pastor Soso. So they really did attend the church. And then I, th I told them, I said, guys, I said, can I tell you God's trying to get your attention? What do you mean? I said, God brought another believer today to help put some fuel in your car. And we're sitting here talking about Jesus. I said, he didn't just send anybody to help you. He sent another believer to come and help you today because he knew you had a need. I said, you need to get back in church and be faithful to what God is doing in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. And, you know, it's that easy sometimes. Twelve bucks to maybe change a life forever, guys. So you know what? We give in many different ways. And if you're here and you have something to give after service, we have that out here. You can give online. But thank you for being obedient to God. Amen. Thank you for being obedient to God. Hey, you got something you want to share about this weekend? I'd ask the other guys, but uh, you were coming by. No? Okay. Okay. You were here, so I figured I'd ask. Amen, brother. <laughs> if you hear me say that, here's why. One of the guys decided to say that you, you're not allowed to be quiet in church. Because when the pastor Amen. says something and you agree with it, you're supposed to shout... And we all looked at Dave because we know how quiet he is. So we were moving, picking at him for a couple days. I love my brother. But we, we all looked at him like, mm-hmm, because <laughs> he's always so quiet. So that's been the joke ever since. Whew. Just having way too much fun this morning. I'm telling you. 
I, I remember a story about a pastor who was a very good friend of mine when he got saved. His wife went up for salvation. And all of a sudden, God told him this. And I've been picking at him ever since. I haven't called him yet this morning, but boy, I did yesterday. Hey, big boy. I called you too. <laughs> and he was sitting there. And he looks up. His wife's up at the altar getting saved. God's like, hey, big boy. I called you too. And I'm like, that was it for the rest of the day. Hey, big boy. <laughs> oh, oh y'all know my brother. He's awesome. I love him. The pastor of a church, man. You know what? And here it is. Hey, big boy. Called you too. <laughs> hey, big boy. Maybe God's calling you today. Listen, God is amazing, guys. He is doing amazing things, but he is preparing his church. And I showed a video Wednesday, I think it was the last week, of, of baptisms happening in Seattle or Portland in the river because they're not allowed to have church in the buildings. Thousands of people on the bank and they're baptizing them in the river. Tell me we can't have church. I saw another church post. Oh, there it is. Look at that. That's the church, guys. The church. Tell me we can't go into the building. I saw another a pastor post out of state. We will continue to have protest services every Sunday. <laughs> Tell me we can't. Tell me we can't, man. I'm fixing to get way ahead of everything that's supposed to happen today. All right, I want you to grab your pen, and I want you to grab your paper or your notes, whatever you're going to write on. You need to go find this. I may go find the movie so we can watch it here. I know it's on Amazon. I think you can watch it on YouTube, I, but find this movie called Tortured for Christ. Tortured for Christ. If you watch that movie and stay dry-eyed and it don't affect you, come back and we'll have an altar call for you, and we will help you pray through tortured for Christ. It is a true story of the Romanian church when communist Russia came in and took over. And it was from one man's point of view who was a pastor and he wrote the story after being beaten and tortured for 14 years. 14, eight years in a very small cell. No windows, one light. Every time he prayed, they beat him for eight straight years. They put him in a box with one window with razor-sharp nails all around him and leave him there for days. And every time he'd go to fall, he'd make him bleed. But they had a deal with the guards. You beat us and we'll preach. So they'd go in and start holding Bible studies when they moved him out of the solitary. And they'd pull their beds up and he'd start preaching and teaching. And the guard would come by and bring him, bring him and beat him and, and so you're watching the movie as they're explaining what's going on he'd come in black and blue and he'd clean his face off and he'd sit down where was I we had to deal with the guards you beat us and we're going to preach their chains that they wore constantly they used as their instruments to praise when they would begin to worship don't tell me we can't worship our God man I cried through that movie and I'm sitting there like God I'm not even worthy to wear the title of Christian I complain about air conditioning chairs. One guy, they beat him daily to tell the other people in his church, and he refused. They brought his son, his teenage son, in there. As they got him sitting there hanging upside down. It's the movie called Tortured for Christ. 
and they start beating his son as he's screaming and crying. He's like, I'll tell you anything. Guess what his teenage son said? Don't tell him nothing, Daddy. Don't tell him nothing. And they beat that son till he died, and he continued to say, don't tell him nothing. Stay strong. <laughs> That's the God I worship. You know why? Because so many people have died saying, I will not deny my God. That tells me he's real, guys. I don't care. I've got the list in my pocket of all the martyrs, what they, the, the, the first martyrs went through. God is real, and he loves us. But how can he let us go through that? No, that's the world that did that. But every time one of those pastors would die, multiple people would get saved. You know why? Because they refused to quit. People don't refuse to quit for nothing. People don't die for nothing. People don't die for nothing. They die for something. Jesus. So listen, on the 23rd, if you haven't been water baptized, we're going to baptize. I think we got about seven people right now. We're going we're gonna to be baptizing. Some of them we're going to hold down a long time. Get all that meanness out of them. No, not really. If you want to be water baptized, come see me. So I can let you know what's going on. We're going to do that on the 23rd uh, after the service like we normally do. And listen, God is moving. And can I, can I tell you this? I talked to a pastor yesterday that's a part of a, a big fellowship of churches and multiple pastors that we heard up there. 25% of the congregations are returning. And I was telling him, I said, brother, we haven't experienced that. What do, what do you mean? So I'm just sharing with him what's going on. He's like, come on, dude, get out of here. I'm like, we haven't had that problem. Our people come back and, and we're growing. What are y'all doing? Worshiping Jesus, man. <laughs> Loving on God. Really? It's, yeah. We're just loving Jesus. I said, we got people up there in Marshville that are hungry, man. So they're hungry. They're like, I'm not going back. And I heard a pastor say this the other day. What if we've been living out of normal all this time and God's trying to bring us back to normal? What if normal is the book of Acts? It's where we're getting back to. Where we're getting back to. So listen, we're going to worship today. Have fun worshiping Jesus. I'm having fun. I'm having a blast. I'm telling you, man, I'm fired up after this weekend listening to the testimonies of these men of God. And I know God is doing something in us. And I keep telling you this, and I believe it with all of my heart. And I've spoken to other men of God outside of our state, and they're telling me the same things. God is preparing his body for something. I look back over the last three months, and you know what I keep seeing? Is, is the underlying part of all of the sermons is his holiness and righteousness and dealing with our stuff. Like today, we're going to talk more about compromise. It's dealing with the stuff. It's dealing with stuff. Come on, brother. Why would God be dealing with his body about holiness and righteousness if he's going to come back and get us or he's getting us ready for something? Either way, I can't go wrong. Right? I can't go wrong. So listen, we're going to get ready to worship. I got, uh, Cookie wants to, wants to say something real quick. And uh, he's going to do, you're going to do it from right there? Okay, go ahead, brother. And we're going to get ready to worship. But y'all better be ready to worship today, I'm just telling you. Well, that conference we went to, <laughs> wish everybody could have went. It was, it was eye-opening. There was a lot of things that came out in that conference. It was awesome. But what I wanted to tell you this morning was something.
something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me a few days back, and I talked to Pastor about it. When we come to worship, we were created to worship. That's what we were created for. And when we come in the house of God, what are we here for? What are you here for? Are you here out of duty? Oh, it's Sunday. we got to go to church. Are you here to worship God? If you're here to worship God, the Holy Spirit showed me that when you walk through that door, you should leave all your stuff behind. We shouldn't come here with an agenda of, hey, what's, what are we doing for lunch after church? Hey, I got a pot roast on the stove or in the oven. Hey, I got family coming over. We should leave all that at that door. We should shake off everything. The Holy Spirit showed me that when we walk through that door and we leave our agenda at that door and we shake everything off, it was like there was four walls around me and I was worshiping. And as I was worshiping, everything, COVID was attacking me. Boom! The world's problems, hate, selfishness, everything was hitting that wall, but there was a clear wall that couldn't get to me because I was in that worship and I had left everything behind and I was focused on one thing the one thing that I was created to do and that was worshiping God yes Lord amen so this morning let's leave everything leave everything shake it all off shake off those heavy chains leave everything and focus our mind you know in Acts when they were told to go in the upper room and do what wait Wait for what? The promise. If they hadn't been in one accord and everybody had agreed to go up there, that would not have come to pass as it did. Come on. So this morning, let's focus on Jesus and just worship him this morning. I'm telling you, when you focus on Jesus, if you need a healing or you need something in your life changed, it's going to change. Because you shake off all those scales of the world. And he will fix it. I, I was just sitting there as you were doing it. I'm telling you, man, God is... Just, I told Jonathan, hey, let's, fig- let's talk about the elephant in the room. Where are we going to eat when we're done? Uh, I- I'm going to go to Habibi's maybe. I don't know. Let's figure it out. That way we don't have to think about it no more. Uh, Jonathan told me, he said, he said, you know, you don't go to a restaurant to just sit there and read the menu and talk to the waiter or waitress. You go to the restaurant to eat. Anybody ready to eat today? <laughs> so figure out what you want to eat today. I know what I want. I want to see Jesus high and lifted up. You know what I want? If you weren't here Wednesday, I'm telling you, man, with everything inside of me, I could hear the angels singing, holy, holy, holy. And I started quieting everybody down because I couldn't tell if it was my natural ears or not as we were singing. And I was just like, my God, I want us. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to hear it with my natural eyes. I want to see you with my natural eyes. I don't want to just feel your spirit. I love feeling the spirit, but I wanted to see him. I said, God, I want to see you. I said, but you know what else, Lord? And this was my prayer when I got home Wednesday night. God, I love everything you're doing in this place, but I want to see people saved. I know in your presence people are changed. I know people are being set free. I I want to see the world saved. 
I love being in your presence, but there's more to it than that. Use me. Use me. So, God, we need to eat today. To chair and eat. Let the Lord bring that table out. Before we do that, though, we're going to thank him, and we're going to worship, and we're going to, we're going to love on him. So let's stand up this morning. Come on. Listen, one of the funny things that happened is, is, is Friday night, we were doing some worship, and they, sang, they told us all to sit down, and then they sang a song, and then they started singing Goodness of God, and we were up on the front row, and I'm sitting there singing the Goodness of God, and I was like, I am done. I can't sit here and sing about the goodness of my God sitting down any longer. I don't see how the Baptists do it. Uh, it was primarily a Baptist conference, but it wasn't about worship. It was about the testimony. So they shortened our worship times. And, but it was like, I can't sit no more. Man. I just had to stand up. It was torture. <laughs> and I was in the front, so I have no idea if anybody else ever stood up in the place, but I really didn't care. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Come on, Jesus.
singing online. We're singing about Jesus, the lover of our soul. Guys, I got to stop right here where we're at. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have not bowed your knee and confessed him, I want you to run up here right now and we're going to pray with you this morning. Come on. It ain't about being in your seat. I want you to get out and make a step and say, God, I need you. I need you today, God, to set me free from me. Forgive me of all that I've done to you, oh God. I want you to be the lover of my soul so I can stand here today and say how much I love you, how much I need you. Come on, if that's you today, I just want you to hurry up, get up. I wouldn't worry about fear. I wouldn't worry about anybody else, what they say. Just get up and come up here today. Come on. If you need anything, you just feel led, you come to this altar. Come on, don't hide out today from what God's doing. Just remember, if we don't confess him before man, he won't confess us before the Father. And if we're too scared to step up forward and say, God, I need you today. I'm walking out of wherever I am. Fear drop. I got something to say. The Lord's been kind of pressing me on my heart for about a month now. And, and it just seemed every time I got ready to get up, it just wasn't the right time. But fear is a huge word. We hear it all the time. And did you know that that's the devil's biggest thing that he can get you with, is fear? Everybody comes up to me and says, I love to hear you sing. I only started doing this probably about six years ago where I sang like that. Because I finally said, Lord, I'm tired of being scared of singing the wrong note. I'm tired of being scared of not knowing the song and singing the wrong words. I'm tired of being scared of not actually getting in and worshiping you like I want to feel you every time I praise you. So I quit letting fear get in my way. Do I sing bad notes? All the time. Do I mess up on the words? Yeah, because you hear me say words that don't belong in the song all the time. 
But you know what? If we let fear stand in our way, whether it's coming to Jesus today or sitting back there saying, I wish I could sing or I wish I could pray like them or I wish I had the courage to go up and pray for someone. If God is impressing upon you, don't you dare let the devil stand in your way with fear. Come on. Come on. Jesus. change up a song that y'all know just to have a little bit more fun with it today and figured out today's a day of fun right listen what's on the front of your bulletin celebrate i don't know about you but my god's been supplying all of my needs i heard miss patsy down at the y this morning i asked her i said miss patsy how you doing she said baby he woke me up this morning she's got to work while we're in church you know what Let's have some fun for her, too. My God's not dead. He's alive. And I got things to celebrate about. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord.
right there again. Come on, let it go. You know, last uh, Wednesday, we sang this song all week for the rest of the week. That song kept coming back to my mind all the time. And there were some things I'd been dealing with, and it's been hindering my spirit. And this weekend, I got my breakthrough. Friday night, they sang this song Friday night. And the Lord told me, he says, open your eyes open your eyes to your heart because I'm going to show you what is hindering you and I submitted and he showed me and I had some breakthroughs he said trust me he says what I am showing you is not to hurt you it's to show you to open up and he said, with this breakthrough, you're going to grow with me and you're going to get closer. So I don't know who this is for, but if you have trust issues, the Lord is saying to trust him. And if he's speaking to you, he wants you to come to this altar because he's going to show you what trust is. He's going to show you what real trust is and how it is to trust with love.
showed me something this weekend that I wasn't sure where it fit until after a couple brothers and sisters shared a word. But I seen the boat where Peter was standing in, Jesus was out on the water. And I thought, how much fear was he to step out on the water in the ocean? It's not like, you know, just on the side of a lake and it's a couple feet deep. That was the ocean. And how much trust did it take for him to actually do it? And he had to meet Jesus. Jesus didn't come to the boat. He had to step out and meet Jesus. I mean, if this is an ocean right here, God's spirit, but you got to step out. You got to step out. Everybody's in a, in a boat. You got to step out and meet him. He's not going to come to you. If you got something, you got to come meet him. That's where he's at. He's right here. I know I can feel it. He's right here. Who's willing to come meet him? Beyond the fear, beyond all the doubts, besides the enemy telling you, well, you're going to be the only one. So what? If I wasn't behind the piano, I'd be down there. You're not the only one. This morning, if you need freedom from anything, anything this morning, all you got to do is step out and grab him by his hand and let him lead you this morning to freedom. Freedom is what it's all about. Freedom. Listen, if you leave here today the same, it's your fault. You know, I'm just sitting here laughing because, you know, we kind of all put the songs together. You know, I don't make the whole list. We kind of make the songs, and then this morning, this is like, hey, we need this song. And I'm listening to what everybody's saying, and I'm like, it couldn't get any better. The Lord put this exact set together. But I'm telling you, if you need anything, and if you want more, whatever it is, if you leave here that way, that's your fault. If you don't get it. If you want to come up here and dance and enjoy the presence, you feel free. chains that bind your children freedom from the chains that bind your praises freedom from the lies of the enemy freedom sing that again I cry freedom from the chains that bind your children freedom from the chains that bind your Freedom from the lies of the 
my freedom from the chains that bind your children. Freedom from the chains that bind your praises. Freedom from the lies of the enemy. Freedom. For freedom that he set you free. That's a weird way of saying it, isn't it? It was for freedom. What does that mean? It was so you could be free. Free to worship. Free to clap. Free to get loud. It was for freedom. Simple as that. No deep theological discussion needed. Come on, let's get ready. Y'all ready? Go down to the bottom. out that, that today's about freedom, about celebrating. It's, it's, Brett, go grab you one of them flags and stop fighting that thing, boy. Jeez. Hey, big boy, go grab that flag. <laughs> Listen, I want to share one thing with you, and we're going to do some more worship. I, I got I to gotta tell you this story real quick. I shared this on Wednesday. 
Don't sit down because if you, you know, or, or sit down if you have to. And we got we got to worship some more. Where's my mic? I'm just gonna walk up here and say it so I can see y'all. So listen, we we're talking about compromise. I shared this Wednesday. I ran across this story that is just totally crazy. Totally crazy. I'm going to read it real quick, but I don't want to move my iPad. Once upon a time, there was a hunter who aimed his gun at a large bear and got ready to fire. Just listen to this story. This is legit. But just then, the bear spoke in a soft, diplomatic voice. Now, I would have just ran. I'm just saying. And the bear says, why resort to violence? I would have shot him. Let's negotiate. I'm sure we can find some common ground. What is it that you want? The hunter began to lower his rifle and said, that's compromise right there. That was the compromise that affected everything else in the story. I just need you to know that. Listen to the rest. Right here. He began to lower his rifle and the hunter said, I would like a fur coat. The bear replied, perfect. All I want is a full stomach. I'm sure we can reach a compromise. So they sat down to talk it over. A little while later, the bear walked away alone. The compromise had been successful because the bear had a full stomach and the hunter now had a full coat. They both got what they wanted. But only one of them didn't get it the way they wanted it. And can I tell you that the minute you begin to compromise, you will never get it the way you wanted it. The devil will be the only one that walks away in success. You will never, ever get what you want when you compromise with the enemy. Because he's a liar. He's a thief. He can't tell the truth. But if you just do this one thing for me, I'll give you all of this. He can't tell the truth. We have got to get the compromise out of our life. And, and I shared this story of the, of, of the water, you know, and, and is this bottle full? Is it full? No, it's not full. It's still got room. And today that's us. But I'm full. No, you're not. There's still room. And, and Wednesday I put this bottle there and I started filling it up with water. Is it full? Yeah, it looks full. No, it's not full. It's still got room. And as long as there's room in your life because you're not full, there's room for compromise. Either you're full of God or you've left room for something else. Because the person that, that shared this story made this comment that when you're full, the only way you know that you're full is when it begins to run out and it starts affecting things around it. Peter got full of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And as it started to flow out, he walked outside and started to preach. The same guy that denied Christ, cut the guy's ear off, and was always crazy. The guy was crazy. Right? But once he got full and he said, I ain't got room for the world no more. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the power. That power is for you to be a witness, to be different, to go out and change the world. But as long as you're leaving room, there's room for compromise. But I'm not compromising. Oh, we compromise every day. In little areas, we compromise every day. We all do. And the, the choice is, is am I going to stay that way? Why do you think our Sunday services have become such a celebration time? Think, think about this. I, I was thinking about this as, as we were singing that song. How excited we are singing this song. 
in the middle of a pandemic where people are dying all the time, Dave. Yeah. The world's dying all the Wait, no, not really. The statistics don't stay that, but that's what the news media said. And the world, there's nobody got jobs. There's a coin shortage. Dr. Pepper's running out. My God. The economy is shutting down. And we're celebrating. What are we celebrating? Because we're full of the Holy Ghost and we know that this ain't the truth. Listen, if the world comes to an end tomorrow, we don't lose. I may not get to see grandkids, but I don't care. I'll get to see Jesus. You, you see what I'm saying? We sing and we celebrate because we know who is alive and lives in us and has changed us and is still changing us. And I celebrate and I get super excited because I know who I used to be. I know who I used to be, and I want you to have that same experience. That's why we celebrate every Sunday. We come in here Revival Sunday because you know what? After a hard week, I may have some room. And I come in here, and, man, I join in with the rest of you guys, and, and you know what happens? God starts pouring it in. And then it starts running over. And then as it's running over, it just starts flicking out. Yeah. And, and Mike gets full. And next thing you know, it's, it's flicking out back there. Yeah. And it's flicking back over there. Yeah. And Jeffrey gets full and it flicks back there. Yeah. That's what it's about, guys. Yeah. And we get full and then what do we do? We go to Walmart and we let a whole bunch flick in there. Yeah. And go have church in Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> go have church in Tobacco Plus. Yeah. In Burger King. Yeah. Come on. That's why we celebrate. Why do you think the martyrs, the, the people that were in prison for all those years celebrated? Because they knew where their hope lied. Yeah, but they were being beaten. But it wasn't about what they were going through. It was about the one that died on that cross that changed their life and said, You live for me because I died for you. And if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. But you hide out and hide my name before men and I will not confess you. Why do you think the word says that many have done many great works in his name, but one day he'll stand before him and say, I never knew you. Depart from me. Yeah, but I cast out devils in your name. I did mighty great works. I raised the dead in your name. Yeah, but we didn't know each other. In that movie, they made a comment. There are two type of Christians. Well, two type of people. Those that believe God and those that tell themselves they believe God. I was like, ooh, I had stopped the movie and write that down. Do I believe God or do I tell myself I believe in God? Your actions will show the difference. Mm. When it starts coming against you, your actions will tell the difference. Do you believe God today or do you just tell yourself? Don't say it because we ain't here and we all pumped up and this is an emotional moment. Tell me when tomorrow morning you wake up and you go to work and all hell comes against you. Tell me when the world is falling down on your head, when you're locked in a box and you can't move. Do you believe God or do you tell yourself, buddy, let me tell you, you better know that you know that you know. <laughs> that was something else they said. That you know that you know that I believe God when I'm standing there. Because all you have to do to get out of the pain is to say, no, I don't. And they would have let him go home. I don't believe in God. They would have sent him back to his house. God has changed us. Like graves into the gardens, right? We were all dead in our sin. Our bones were dry. They were scattered about. We were living in sin. Oh, I had a pretty good life. No, you were living in sin. 
And if you died today, you would be in hell forever and ever and ever. But God has taken us and put his spirit inside us and changed us. Yeah, but I'm going through things. That's okay. I am too. Paul said he was going through some things and he had a thorn in his side till the day he died that God wouldn't deliver him from. But he still wrote most of the New Testament. He had problems. And just about all of the apostles were martyred and killed. And I love the one that said, don't even crucify me, my, like, my Lord. I'm not worthy. Put me upside down. <laughs> They're killing the guy. And he got the, the, the gall to say, don't kill me like my Lord on a cross like that, even though it's going to hurt really bad. Put me upside down. <laughs> so I'm like, that's full of the Holy Ghost, guys. We need to celebrate what God is doing. We need to celebrate what God isn't doing in us. And you know why you need to celebrate it like that and be free enough to, to celebrate it like that? Because when you walk out of there, there are people you're going to run into that are like, bro, I don't know what I'm going to do. What do you mean? Man, I lost my job. I got this. I got this. I got this. It's like, well, man, let me, let me tell you about Jesus, man. You know, I got a friend that, that lost their job before COVID. Had no clue what they were going to do. Couldn't find a job. And unemployment wasn't going to pay him enough. But then all of a sudden, COVID hits, and he gets all this extra money. Oh, man, God's supplying my needs right now. And he's actually making more, so he puts it up. He's been saving it. <laughs> yeah, but that's unemployment. Yeah, but God made a way. And just like in that movie, there was, one there was a scene where they threw the woman in the icy water up in, in North Russia. And she's freezing to death in the water. And she starts climbing out. She can't get out of the ice. She can't get out of the ice. And you know what the guard did? He looked at her. He grabbed her by the hand. He said, your God didn't save you this time. She said, yeah, he did. How? He used you to pull me out of the water. <laughs> Baby, God will use the very thing that's trying to destroy you to save you if you'll notice it. Because he takes graves and makes them into gardens. Dry bones become armies. Come on. We're going to sing. We're going to at least sing one more time. I ain't no guarantees today. Hallelujah. Uh, no guarantees on anything. Jesus. Other yes, than Pastor Christ. figures out what song he's going to sing. Listen, the Holy Spirit Where? spoke to me, and I'm standing there, and it's, y'all think it's something special to be up here? It's not. I'm telling you, we are just like you, except we play instruments. But that, the waves hit this platform that you'll never you'll never understand if you want to come up here come up here please do but i'm telling you there are some of you this morning that need to be set free you're the polyester is stuck to your pants you need to be set free this morning you need to get off your feet and pray are you going to stand there in heaven and say god i worship you you are holy you no you're not you're going to jump and you're going to shout and you're going to holler And you're gonna get crazy. You're gonna get crazy. Why? Because you're standing before God Almighty. You need to get up off your feet. Some of you need to repent of pride this morning. I'm not embarrassed anymore. I'm not embarrassed anymore. I serve a God in heaven that owns everything, and I'm not embarrassed. If you're embarrassed, he said he'd be embarrassed before his father and for you.
turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one. Right here, come on, one last time. You ready? You're the only one who cares. Hallelujah. Come on. There we go. Boy, I hear it now. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on. This is what church is supposed to look like. Right here, Brett. I've been in churches where, where they tell you to sit down and all this kind of crazy stuff. Listen, we are the church, and when we're out there every day, you have church wherever you're at. And when we come together, I am celebrating what my God has done. Because he has saved me and set me free. He has changed me. He's redeemed me. He's washed me. My God has set me free. Whoo, Jesus. That flag is fun, ain't it? <laughs> it is a little fun, ain't it? Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to get you next. Come on, y'all try to make your way back to your seats for a few minutes. I promise I'm not going to be very long on that. You know, just leave the flags out. I'm going to clean them. Yeah, just leave them out. I make sure that I, yeah, let me just put them down. Always make sure I disinfect all that stuff. And that way you don't worry about walking back up here and getting a hold of it. Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to pull this out so I don't have to read from down there today. I don't know how people stay in them dead churches. I'm just telling you now. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Listen, you know how many wrong notes I hit every day because I'm I'm trying to focus on God while I'm while I'm worshiping. <sighs> she said they're talking about all the wrong notes she's singing. Boy, you should hear the ones I hit. <laughs> Good, thank you, sister. Whew, all right, I turned that coolness off so it start warming up. Guys, listen, I want to talk just a few more minutes about compromise continued over in the book of Exodus, chapter 32. I want you to see this. God's been having us pinging on compromise right now. But, but you know what I, I, I kind of sense in my spirit at times is, well, I, I haven't compromised. I, I'm beyond that. Or, you know, it, it's just things that we say in our spirits. We're not necessarily speaking them out loud, but I, I want to show you a picture None of us are beyond the compromise. Not until we get to heaven. <laughs> we can all allow compromise in our lives. And we've got to fight it tooth and nail every single day to wake up and say, I'm going to serve Jesus today. Every day we wake up and we say, God, chisel away a little bit more of the things that I've put in my life to get in your way. Every day I'm learning to be more like Christ. Some days are better than others. But he wakes me up again the next day, so I guess he's not done with me yet. He didn't strike me dead in the middle of the day, so I guess it wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> but I want you to see in Exodus chapter 32. Look right here in verse 1. I don't have any of this in there, guys, but it's all NIV. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods. Now, who was Aaron? One of the leaders. Yeah. 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 
technically there's other things, but come make us gods. We will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what was happened to us. Now, I just want you to see this picture right here. This is Aaron. Aaron actually partway went up the mountain at one point. Aaron has been walking there with Moses. He has been seeing. He saw the things. He had experiences with God. He had experiences that far outweigh most of our experiences. He saw the plagues. He saw God bring down plagues. You, you think the pandemic is bad? Like I keep telling you, when, when God brought down plagues, baby, it just happened. There wasn't no, well, there's a survival rate. We're going to come up with a cure or this, or we're going to put you on a, on a, on a, a machine and you're going to recover. When he brought down the, oak, the locusts, they didn't spray insecticide and kill a few of them. Boom. You know, when, when it hailed fire, it burned things. When the firstborn died, there was only one way. Not we're going to take some vitamin D and some zinc and some C and we're going to put on some masks and gloves and stay six feet apart and hopefully I won't die. God's plagues don't play. He is good. Come on. He, he made these chairs and, and they're very comfortable. It's kind of an inside joke because at the place we were at, remember those choices of chairs that we had? That place chose the cheaper chair. One of the guys took his wallet out of his pants. He says, man, I can't sit on these things anymore. They look this good, but they were not this comfortable. See, God made comfortable chairs. God knows what he's doing. But look at this. He watched God part the Red Sea for Israel, bring it back over the pursuing Egyptian army. He saw the pillar of fire and the cloud, but the cloud that God provided on Israel's protection in the wilderness. He ate the daily manna, and he drank water from the rock. He, at God's invitation, Aaron, along with his sons, that the elders of Israel had gone up on the mountain to see the God of Israel and eat and drink in his presence. This wasn't a guy that didn't know God. And they come up to him, complaining, make us gods. And in verse 2, Aaron compromised. Instead of following what God had said, he makes a compromise. Take off your gold earrings that your of your wives, your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. Bring me all the gold that they blessed you with when you left Egypt and I'll make you a God. The same gold that God blessed the people with and it all started from a compromise. Instead of saying no, instead of saying get thee behind me, Satan, which they didn't have that verse yet because that's New Testament. Instead of just straight up saying, wait a minute, there is a verse in the New Testament that would have applied right here, and I'm going to apply it because I can. I'm preaching. Instead of saying, what are you guys talking about? Don't you remember when we were in Egypt? God brought the plagues. He delivered us from Egypt. He brought us through the Red Sea. Then he destroyed the army. And then he put a fire up there and he put the clouds and he fed us manna and he brought us meat and he did all these things. The very gold you're wearing, he blessed you with. And now you want to take it and make a false god and idol out of it? No. And you know what I believe would have happened? They wouldn't have. 
Because sometimes it just takes one person to step into a situation and say something. Jesus, uh, if, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. Hmm, that sounds pretty nice. I like that. You'll give me all of that? Well, yeah, let me just do that. No, it is written. It is written. It is written. But you know what that verse in Revelation says? They overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Isn't it in that exact order? If you don't have the blood applied to your life, you don't have an overcoming testimony. <laughs> so you've got to have the blood of Jesus applied to your life, to your heart, so that that death angel will pass over. And when people come in and say, hey, well, I want you to go do this. I'm sorry, I can't do that because you know what? My God, he set me free from that already. And whatever that situation is. See, the word of your testimony Sharing what God has done. And you know what that does? Number one, it speaks forth into the situation and it releases the blessings of God that has already happened. It speaks it in. It affects the individual you're speaking it to. But most of all, you get to hear it twice because you got two ears and you get to remind yourself that God has set me free. God has done this in my life. Does that mean that everything in your life has been that good? No. No. But the more you can remind yourself, the more you can remind yourself. I remember walking, in, and Wendy knows this story. Wendy was a cheerleader in high school. I got the cheerleader. Never could date one while I was in school, but man, I got me one anyways. And she had this big megaphone. You know, the, 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 you know how the cheerleaders have the big megaphones. And man, listen, I was, I was struggling in my faith to trust God. For our finances and all the things that were going on. I was a fairly new Christian and I'm trying to trust God. And the enemy is constantly telling me, Ooh, you better go get another job. And then I had family tell me, Your daddy wouldn't have done that. He would have got two more jobs to make sure his family didn't do without. And that's all I heard from the world. But I kept hearing in the word and I kept hearing in prayer, Son, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I had a choice. Was I going to compromise and say, you know what? I'm going to go get another job. Getting another job is not a bad thing. Except when God specifically told me, no. Trust me. I got this one. But God, you don't understand how bad it is. <laughs> you mean I don't understand how bad it is. I know what's going to happen five years down the road and you ain't even got to two o'clock yet. <laughs> so you know what I did? I got Wendy's megaphone out, and I walked around the house in that megaphone, as crazy as this sounds, the scriptures over and over. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Given it shall be given unto me, pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over, shall men give unto me. I'm a tither, therefore he shall rebuke the devourer for my sake. He will open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing I do not have room enough to receive. And I walked around the house quoting every scripture I could find. And when I ran out, I went and found some more. Why did I do that? That was really funny looking if you would have seen through the window. I had all the blinds closed. Why did I do that? Because I needed to hear it again. 
Sometimes you just got to say, self, no. Yeah, but it would be easy. No. Just, just listen to the words coming out of my mouth. No. Go get in the mirror. No. But I can't make it. You're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. Get over yourself. Don't you compromise in this thing. Don't you give up because that's what compromise is. You've been fighting and you've been fighting and you've been fighting and you've been selling yourself. I, I don't have to make a calf because I know my God's going to take care of me. But Moses has been on that mountain a long time. But you know what I still think about this story that is so crazy? Is they could see the smoke and fire up there. That was not natural. I'm like, if, if I was next to the mountain and I see all the smoke and fire and all that stuff going up there, I'd be like, there is a God. And then when he speaks through it, there must really be a God. Oh, but I'm going to go make an idol because I don't like that one. But we do that. We come to church and feel the presence and we have experiences with him. We have dreams and visions. And we watch God set us free and save us and all these things. And little bitty things come up against us. A little bitty fox pops in. It's the little foxes. They come in. A little bit of leaven. Ruins the entire loaf. But it took one word. One word. But I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to do 11 and 12. Verse 11 and 12. First Corinthians 10, 11 and 12. Watch this. Everything in the word of God is for us. For right now, for tomorrow, for yesterday, for next year, last year. It's everything. <laughs> it's timeless. It is all for us to learn from. First Corinthians 10, 11 and 12. Go ahead and stick that up there for me if you have it. Those guys are awesome up there. You'll give it up for our, our team up there. I sat there and fought, tried to put a timer on the screen and could never figure it out. And then all of a sudden, in like 10 minutes, they had it working. And, and, and do you know what? I was just like, yes, I don't have to try to do that anymore. <laughs> These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. There are examples of mistakes in the Word of God that are for our example. They're to help us so that we don't fall into pride. They're to help guide us so we don't compromise. Why? Because God wants us to be like Jesus, and He wants us to be holy and walk into His presence. He wants His bride to represent Him well. And that's who we are. We are representing Christ when I was in the military, I'd put my working uniform on. The Navy has the ugliest working uniform in the world. Except back in the late 90s, our bell bottoms finally came back in style. We could go wear our bell bottoms, then they changed the uniform and put straight legs. We were like, no! That uniform was so ugly, they would not even let us wear it off base. If you were traveling, I'm, I'm serious, I got in trouble one day. I had almost ran out of gas, I put my raincoat on. Took my hat off, and I was hiding myself so I could go in and pay for the gas, and an officer caught me and just, just lit me up. You know you're not supposed to be. I'm like, sir, would it have been better for me to be pushing my truck down the highway in uniform or maybe stop? He didn't care. 
But when I put my dress uniform on, I always stood a little bit straighter. Even though it had 13 buttons and it was really hard to get into. It does. It had 13 buttons. They come across like this. And two in the middle. No, bro. You get used to it and you learn to just flip and it all just comes unbuttoned. If you're really talented, you just sew Velcro in it. That's what most guys did. But I always stood up a little bit. Why? Because I knew this. There were three stars on the back that were the three distinct battles that many men lost their wives. Then it had the piping around that represented specific things in our Navy. It had the hat, the cover that was people used as a dog bowl. And it really wasn't that good looking. But you know what? It was a tradition. Most militaries changed constantly. That was a traditional cover. That neckerchief, all that stuff represented history. And I was proud to wear it. All except for that ugly uniform, working uniform. But I stood tall. Why? Because I knew I was representing the United States Navy. And I remember walking on the streets of Brest, France in 1994. And Portsmouth, England. You know what was so significant about those times? It was the 50th anniversary of D-Day. I was there. I was there for the 50th anniversary where they laid the reef. I got to watch the presidents and kings and all those people around the world watch it because I was on that ship. We flew them in. I was a helicopter mechanic. I got to watch that. And you know what? When I walked the streets, we wore our white uniform, white polyester. I could eat spaghetti in that uniform and never get on my, I, I could, that's why I'm still clean when I eat spaghetti. I don't, I, I know how to eat because we had white, we even had a white cotton shirt and pants. Try not to get that wrinkled when you sit down. But I remember walking those streets of a country that I remember hearing in history class that hated us. And I tell you, they did not hate us. Those men and women that I did not speak their language, I could see it in their eyes of how thankful they were because they were alive in World War II when America set them free. I'm not trying to give you a history lesson. I'm trying to get you to understand that there is pride walking with that title. As I walked those streets and those older people that were alive, man, they come up and they just wanted to shake your hand. And merci beaucoup. And the other things they would say. But then the bad part about that was is there was a tradition and it's good luck to rub the flap of a sailor's and it's white polyester. That thing was black by the time I got back to the ship. And then I had to wash it and try to get it clean. They, they take and put it in their hands and stop. You represent Christ. And the great cloud of witnesses are watching you as you walk saying, come on, you can do this. Don't you give in to that one. Don't you give in to that one. Don't you give in to that one. Why? God has told us and he has given us everything that we need. And he says, don't you quit. Hold fast in your faith in me. Don't compromise because you will not use, lose you actually win it all. You achieve victory over whatever happens in your life. Because we have all become partakers of Christ. We hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So Hebrews tells us in two places, let us hold fast to the confidence of our hope without wavering. Hebrews 10.23, for he who promised is faithful. Don't allow those things to beat you. When it comes in, turn it off. 
When it comes in, run the other way if you have to. If you're not strong enough to overcome it, and I know I've told you this story before, but before I got saved, again, I didn't get saved until I was in my 20s. Before I got saved, I, I went to the clubs, and I did all these things, you know, chasing women and all the stuff I did. And my body had a habit of looking. And now I'm married to my beautiful wife, and she understood that I was saved and set free from that, and I was still training my body. And you know what I did when I walked by in the mall and we walked by Victoria's Secrets? I did this. And she never once laughed at me. You know why? Because she knew I was protecting my eyes from that trash so I could honor her. Because her, I was honoring my wife. And you know what I still do when I walk by Victoria's Secrets in the mall? I look the other way. I don't even want to see that filth. And if something comes on my TV, I'm fighting for the remote. I don't want it. Why? Because that was something I used to deal with, and devil is not bringing it back. Because I have retrained my physical body. My spirit man has overcome that. And you know what? And I see things coming in. She'll be quick to tell me if somebody, if, if there's a lady or something, like, hey, I'm sensing something. Okay, got you. I'm out, man. Why? Because she's helping me. I don't want to compromise in that area. I don't want to fall in that area. But we all have areas, and I'm just using that one as one example. Every time I overcome it, I get stronger. Every time. No, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. My God set me free. Church, we cannot compromise. We are a mighty army. You are a mighty army. You got Hebrews 10, 23? Did you ever find it? Because I want us to end with this. Look at this. Let us hold unswervingly. Ooh, I like that even better. To the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Unswervingly. I like that. Unswervingly. Because listen to this. You can leave that up there. The real danger is very often not in the outright assault on your faith, but in the subtle calls to join the world, which will eventually bring you to Christ's condemnation. Not the big things that we fight against, is it? You know, if a guy's running in attacking you, you can prepare yourself. It's when he does that sneak attack. Devil's parked like a mile away. And he's got that fiery dart with his, you know, 50 cal. And he's looking at you and he just, you don't even hear the gun go off. And all of a sudden it's, that thought comes in. Man, where did that come from? What in the world? He's slick like that. Or even maybe another believer may say something. Sometimes. Guys, we can't compromise. The world needs to see Jesus. We need to stand tall and say, you know what, proudly, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I am not perfect. God is still working on me. But let me tell you how much he loves you and he wants to do the same in your life. That's the key. And then you share your testimony about what God has done in your life. You start sharing the testimony of, of the anger issues you've been, for, you've been forgiven and set free from. You share the fact that you can totally forgive somebody who killed your parent. You can love them. That's a hard thing, isn't it? Yeah. Only through Christ can I do this. Only through Christ can I do this, guys. Only through Christ.
All of those things are possible when I begin to share that with people. And I love the fact that sometimes I'm just talking to people and all of a sudden God will remind me of something in my past that he set me free from. And you know what I've learned to do? Just start talking about it. Just share it. And you know what's amazing is, is I was dealing with that. Oh, really? <laughs> God knows what we need. I was sitting having lunch with somebody the other day, your pastor. And all of a sudden this other person starts asking me questions about something. And about halfway through, they're like, you realize the Holy Ghost was having me ask you that? They were pastoring me, making sure I was good in a situation. I was like, man, I loved every minute of it. You know why? Because I'm human like you are. And to have somebody else care for me enough to listen to the Holy Ghost and ask me hard questions, I love it, man. Why? Because that, mature, that person is maturing enough that they're hearing the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost was making sure I was okay in that situation. That way I could verbalize it. Isn't that crazy how God does that? We need to learn to just allow him, guys, to speak through us and watch the world change. Watch the world change. So listen, I want to pray for us this morning. I want to pray for us this morning. We've all got things that we deal with. But the question is, are you going to give in and get a fur coat? The hunter wanted a fur coat. The bear wanted a belly full. Did y'all get to hear the story? Yeah, okay. But in the end, the talking bear won. The hunter got his full coat, but in the end was death. He never got to enjoy it. We can't compromise. Time is getting short. Our Lord is quick to return. He is quick to return. Either he's preparing his body for war, which we need to be ready for, or his return, either way. I don't want to not be prepared. Because if i got to step into battle, I want to be ready to go do it. I want to be righteous. It, hey, what if, what if he's only preparing us because he wants to walk into the building and let us see him, but we need to be holy to do that? <laughs> I still win. <laughs> it's all worth it. I never lose. I never lose. I never lose, guys. Don't quit. Don't quit. The world is watching you. The world needs to see believers that are strong and, and celebrating what God is doing in the midst of they have no hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. A crazy Jewish guy. Most people say he was crazy. That's all right. I like him. I'm crazy, too, so we fit together good. Brother from another mother, right? So, listen. Come share that and then go ahead and close us in prayer. God touch anybody today? Yeah, okay. Well, I have to follow the, the, the poking. Because I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit's poking me in the back. Anybody ever heard that happen? He pokes you in the back and says, hey, you do this. Uh-uh, I don't want to. I said this if I could get pastor to, to, to place something soft on the keyboard guys can you do the prayer lights this morning the Holy Spirit's showing me that this morning we have compromised ourselves into a position that is dangerous in the church 
I did it. You can tell, you can ask Shelly after service if you want. I had compromised. I had reached a point that I was on my way to backslide because I had compromised. I'd been, I had gotten prayed for at another church, and I'm not going to call the church's name, but I wanted to hear from God. I heard from God. He said, you've hardened your heart. So I went home and began to, to just cry out to God. I said, God, I'm sorry. I hardened my heart. God, I'm sorry. I repent of being selfish. God, I repent of being prideful. God, I repent of jealousy. God, I repent. And this morning, there are some Christians. You're, yes, you are Christians. But we have allowed those things to creep in. We have compromised. It, doesn't, it, it starts as a little bitty thing. A little bitty thing. And then it begins to grow. And this morning, there are, I could walk through the aisles and point you out because the Holy Spirit is just, just beat me in the back of the head. But that's not right to do that because it's up to you to take that step with God and say, look, God, I have compromised. I have compromised. I am guilty of pride. I'm guilty of being trying to hide things from you and you can't hide nothing from God he sees everything he can count the sand on the shores he knows how many grains of sand there are that's just unfathomable God I was guilty so this morning as pastor plays I'm not going to pray for you but there are people in here that need to be up here talking to God this morning. You know who you are because the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you all morning through this service. And I know I'm not the only one that was guilty of that compromise. Oh, Brother Dave, it's okay if you're hanging out with those guys at work and they start telling a dirty joke and you just, <laughs> yeah, okay, man, whatever. That's still compromise, Brother Dave, is it not? We are not to be that way. The Bible says we are to be separate, not compromise. Compromise will lead to more compromise. And then when you start up here and you compromise and you end up down here, you're in a bad place. There's a big gap. And with that gap, the devil will walk right in. So this morning, if that's you, I'm going to stand up here too because I was guilty of it. And I want to be where God is every time. And I don't want to be guilty of that compromise. I don't want to be guilty of pride. I don't want to be guilty of selfishness. I don't want to be guilty. I want to be able to, if I walk out that door and that is my last breath that I take and I have a massive heart attack and hit the, hit the ground, I want to know, Brother Dave, I, you, do you know, do you know, do you know? I know that I know that I know that I serve the living God. And if you have compromise in your life, I'm telling you, if you have compromise in your life, you're not completely ready. 
you're not completely ready. Don't let this be the last day. If you will, everybody stand to your feet. All across the building, just I, I just I want you to close your eyes and begin to pray and concentrate and, and focus your attention on God. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. I was there, ladies and gentlemen. I had become unfocused. But I reached that point and said, God, I'm tired of the compromise. I want to be totally sold out to you. I'm ready for all of it, all or none. And this morning, if that's you, and you know who you are, and you have compromise in your life, yes, oh, I'm a Christian. Yes, you're a Christian. But you can still die and go to hell and call yourself a Christian. So if that's you this morning, I just take that step of faith. We do everything by faith. So take that step of faith and just step out and come up here this morning. Don't let this be the last. Could be. Jesus could split those skies any minute. Because I'm telling you, he's building something. Something is changing. It's changing. Something is coming. You can feel it in the spirit. Don't be left behind. So if that's you this morning, don't be prideful. Nobody cares. We've all we've all been through it. We all go through it on a daily basis. Step out this morning and meet God here at these altars. I can't make you, and the Holy Spirit's not going to make you, but you know who you are. Come on, go ahead and get out of your seats if you're ready to come down here. Come on. Love to those of 
this morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you don't know the one that we all <laughs> love <laughs> If you don't know Jesus this morning, now is the time. There's no better time, no greater time to come to know the Jesus that we're talking about this morning. No better time. Today is the day of salvation. Don't waste it. No better time than right now. Worthy of every song we could ever see. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. I live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder and show. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. 
of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. I live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one you could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. I live for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your move of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, that you sit at the right hand of the Father and you intercede for us. And we thank you that you said you would pray the Father that he would send us a comforter that would be with us forever. And we thank you this morning. We thank you that soon and very soon we shall see the King. example of engine oil because engine oil is light enough to be on top of water and when we were driving back yesterday it started hard raining and you know it's dangerous to drive on a road right when it rains because all that oil comes up and it's slick this bottle of water he filled it up you know it's going to come out first the oil the muck it's going to come out first because it's on top god's love is so dense and great that all the, the hurts in your life, it's going to be at the top of that. And as you keep filling up with God's love and greatness and he fills you up with his Holy Spirit, it's going to right over the side of that cup. But you have to seek him. You have to pray for more of him. You're not going to get filled up if you don't want to be filled up. You can be a pessimist or an optimist, half full, half empty. You always should strive to have more of God. If, if you know biology, you know that your, your cells die every day and they get replaced. You lose 30,000 to 40,000 cells every day. I've prayed a prayer, God, fill every part of me. Cells are a part of me. Guess what? New cells grow. That does Those little cells, as microscopic as they are, don't have God in them. You should be praying, God, those cells that left, 1,400 an hour. Those cells that died, get in those cells so nothing else can get in them. Because the smallest, the tiniest bit of rust can ruin a whole car. Tiniest bit of rust. That's why you got to protect the car. You have to protect your body. The cells that die and the ones that go back, you got to fill those cells as they die and as they grow. 
so I don't be contaminated with rust and eventually fall apart. Amen. Guys, has this been good today? Come on. You enjoy what God is doing? I know there's a little pride in every now and then, you know. Sometimes you got to prod it and pick at that scab to get the infection out from underneath. If not, it'll make a scar and it may never heal right. Amen. So, hey, so listen, don't forget, if you need to sign up, do that. If you want to be water baptized uh, on the 23rd of August, I think that's next Sunday, yes, come see me after service so I can get everything and tell you what you're going to need, and we're going to do that. And if you have an offering or anything like that, you can leave it to the back uh, right out there. And uh, listen, go change the world, amen? Change the world. Amen. So, hey, give everybody a spiritual high five. Make sure you put your mask on if you're going to visit. We're just trying to follow the guidelines. Be blessed. Be blessed.